This episode is sponsored by Ronald Blue Trust. Have you always wanted guidance with your financial planning, but haven't been able to find someone who shares your biblical viewpoints? Ronald Blue Trust is honored to have the privilege of serving women from all walks of life, professionals, mothers, daughters, retirees, widows, and students across the nation by providing biblically-based wisdom for their finances. Ronald Blue Trust advisors work hard to provide as many useful resources as they can to guide you and your family in gaining clarity and confidence in leaving a lasting legacy. For more information about Ronald Blue Trust, visit forwardwomen.org slash ronblue. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N dot org slash R-O-N-B-L-U-E. Well, welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. In talking about redefining wealth this month, two of the biggest questions that we've had come up have been about generosity and what God thinks about wealth and money, which, wouldn't you know it, go incredibly hand in hand. Does being generous only mean giving money to someone or something? How does our upbringing affect how we view money? How can we find the joy in generosity and practice generosity regularly? Well, we will answer these questions and more in today's episode. Joining me today is Lisa Payne, retired vice chairman and CFO of Taubman Centers, Inc. Lisa enjoys talking about the topic of generosity and especially joyful generosity and has spent a lot of time learning how to best steward what God has given her and is now here to help all of us understand and practice more joyful generosity in our lives. So Lisa, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you, Jordan. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I know when I hear the term generous, and I almost feel bad saying this, but I kind of hide my wallet a little because I've just always equated being generous with only giving a lot of money. And I feel like that automatic correlation is probably something that could be traced back to maybe like my upbringing or how I was raised. Um, you know, and then just, you know, your brain goes, Oh, I, I can't, I can't, there's no way I could give, you know, I'm, I'm barely making it kind of thing. And why do you think family and honestly, just the way that someone is raised has such a big impact on their definition of wealth and generosity? Well, Jordan, I think it's a really interesting question and one that, you know, personally I've had to wrestle with and um, I can just use my, my experience and my family of origin that, um, and how that impacted me. Um, so I was raised in a very, very Christian home, great home. I mean, I had, um, you know, brother, sister, mom and dad, um, healthy family, but I really got mixed signals about money. Um, my dad um, w- never went to college, but um, really did well uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And um, he was very generous. He believed fully in tithing. And um, I always say, even though I don't think my dad probably ever made more than, I don't know, 75000 a year, he gave 10% to the church um, and was very um, joyful about it. But it's interesting, my mother, who, again, is just a wonderful mom and really um, quite, uh, I always call her my adventurer because she just did so many adventuresome things, but she kind of had a hold tight view, the view of we never had enough. Um, We could do so much more if we had more. And so my dad 
kind of kept his generosity um, separate and really didn't let mom know um, kind of what he was doing. And if she found out, um, you know, she was she would give him a hard time. Um, so again, strong Christians, um, you know, great parents. But I really got, I think, from my mom this feeling like. I'm never going to have enough. Um, and that really drove me for, I'd say, my 20s and 30s um, to work and focus on making money and kind of had this goal of having a certain amount. I think a lot of us probably have this, having a certain amount to make sure that I wouldn't run out of money. So um, as I really delved into kind of my thinking about money, um, I do think it goes back to a lot of what you see as a child and you see from your, from your uh, mom and dad. Right. So, I mean, given your upbringing, would you say that your relationship with money has always been a good one? Well, yeah, um, I, I, you know, as I reflect now, and um, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm um, in my early 60s, I have to admit. So I've been through a, a long journey here um, in business and with a, quite a successful career, but I would say no. My relationship with money has not always been a good one um, because, again, I, um, I really spent my 20s and 30s on Wall Street in New York, um, and that is a very um, uh, typical culture of um, you really define your success by how much money you make. Um, and every year you want to make more and you want to save more. So I, I would say I wasn't a big, um, I didn't focus as much on spending, but I really spoke, focused so much of my time and energy in accumulating and getting that safety net um, that, that I so desired because, as I said, I, I feel like I got those messages growing up. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I feel like we all want that safety net. <laughs> so yeah. I don't yeah, think it's only, you're alone. I, I, I agree. But I think I there's always this definition of what is a safety net, right? And I think, the, I think you know, I knew I was unhealthy when um, I can remember um, I was working, as I said, on Wall Street, and there was a big downturn. And um, I, there was going to be a layoff of like 40% of our, um, of, of our department. And I realized feeling this pit of, oh my gosh, my, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to survive? Like, how am I? And, and by that point I had, I had a good cushion in the bank, right? But it was more about, well, but I wasn't going to be able to accelerate kind of the next year and the next year. And so that's when I realized it was, it's a little unhealthy is that you always had to make more the next year than you did the year before, even though. I was living pretty well on what I was making. So that fear uh, factor of money, I think, is when I felt it was really unhealthy. Yeah. So what drove you to get into a career in finance? So I um, actually I was um, in I was a, a pre-med major in undergrad. Um, but I going back to money, I realized about halfway through that I was going to be in debt up to my ears because my parents would not have been able to uh, fund it. And so again, I think it was kind of a financial decision. And I ended up taking an accounting class, falling in love with um, the you know, debits and credits, uh, which is kind of funny to say, but um, ended up going and getting my MBA and um, really found that uh, finance was, um, uh, was pretty easy for me, but also um, I think probably in the back of my head, it was also very financially rewarding. 
and um, that's I, it took me to New York, and that's kind of how I, I started my career. <laughs> See, we're the opposite. So I started off as a marketing major, and I had to take an accounting class, and that was what told me I don't need to be a marketing major because <laughs> I couldn't do the numbers. So not, yeah, that's, we're kind of the opposite there. Um, so I guess my thing, and, and this is kind of helping me work through what I mentioned before, uh, is there a way that someone can be generous or be considered generous, but they don't actually give like a single penny? Like, are there other ways that you can give and could be considered generous? Yeah, I, you know, I always want to kind of think, think about um, how does God view generosity? And, um, you know, I think, and we hear a lot, it's time, treasure, and talent, time, talent, treasure, like in that order. Um, And I absolutely believe that a generous heart and a generous uh, demeanor comes by giving all three of those things. Um, so, uh, yeah, and, and you know, we, we all have read the story, I'm sure, of the widow's mite and her giving her whatever she had and, you know, how Jesus just spoke about that it really isn't how much you give, but really kind of what your heart is saying. So I, I do believe that generosity is about time, talent, and treasure. And I think you have to go into your own heart. For me, I always found time and talent easier to give than the money side. And um, that I had to delve deeply into kind of, okay, what is God saying to me about my, about quote, my money? And when I kind of thought about it, it was, um, and I actually um, explored generosity with an organization, if you haven't heard about it, called Generous Giving, and very, um, a very safe place to think and talk about money. And what I really learned and had my big, my big aha was um, understanding and really believing that the money I've earned, yeah, did I work hard? Certainly. But when I really think back on my career and the doors that opened for me to go where I went was so God-driven, the opportunities, again, I was smart enough, I was but in the right place, but I, I can see God's hand in it. And I then kind of recognized that the reality is this is not my money. This is truly God's money. And he wants us to enjoy life and he wants to us in, to enjoy what, uh, what we've earned. But I also had to get deep in my heart knowing that at the end of the day, my hands have to be open because this is really God's money. And how do I use his reason? Just like I think I'm God's child, so my time and, and talent is, are, you know, come from the Lord, you know, we have to, I feel we have to say the same about our money. And think about it as his resources as much as our own. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's stewardship 101. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yes. know, I mean, that's that is understanding, recognizing and being OK with the fact that, you know, we're all here basically to further his kingdom, you know. Mm-hmm. And so money is, yes, another A way. part of that. Yeah, <laughs> so we can exactly. do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so you mentioned, I mean, you you've worked with an organization, you've done a lot of studying um, and just work. Uh, focused on understanding God's thoughts, I guess, about money and generosity. So when you were doing that, I mean, is there anything surprising that came out of that? Yeah, well, one thing, and I I can remember, um, 
our church did a, a kind of a study or suggested a book called Hole in the Gospel. It's written by the CEO of World Vision. Well, he's retired now. And um, I came, my family background was a pretty legalistic church. I was, you know, quite fundamental in it. And you too, yep. And so it was a lot, even though we always say, oh, it's, you know, Christianity is not following the rules. Sadly, a lot of churches lead with the rules, right? And so it was all, you know, all about um, doing right, doing good, doing. And when I read Hole in the, the point of Hole in the Gospel was how many times it is you, it, it talks about um, really um, uh, supporting and giving to the poor, widows, orphans. In the Bible, if you cut a hole every time he talks about giving to the poor, supporting the poor, there would be a holy gospel because there'd be holes everywhere. And the stories in this book, I just of, of kind of the impact we can have with the poor just really touched my heart. So that kind of refocused my thinking about generosity and um, kind of what I could do personally to show God's generosity. Um, and then I also really started focusing on what would give me joy. And I think for those listening, that was kind of the pivotal point for me because I, I do think God wires each of us to care about different things. You might care about, you know, how the arts are being, how children are seeing arts in the school. You might care about medical, um, uh, you know, uh, research. You might care about the poor or women in poverty, which I care about. I care about human traffic, trafficking. I really kind of delved deep into what kept me up at night, what bothered me, what, and be, when I figured out that, I started narrowing what I give to, to what gives me joy, and I can see the impact. So that was a big um, kind of aha for me that um, I did a, I did a um, little workshop at Generous Giving where they ask you to list your 10 biggest gifts and then rank them based on impact and based on the joy they gave you. And when I listed my 10, I listed the impact, and I'd say the impact was medium, but then I listed the joy and it was not on, on a scale of one to 10, it was like two to three. And I said, whoa, I need to be more focused on what's going to bring me joy. And then I'm going to be a cheerful giver. And um, that was a big ha for me. What is the biggest obstacle that someone has to kind of get past in order to find that joy in being generous? Yeah, I think that's really personal. Um, and it depends on, as I said, each individual. Um, but I, th I think we all get a little tired of being asked, right? I mean, I think you see so many things coming over social media or emails. You know, you have, I forget what the day is. That's like the day of giving in October, I think it is. And you just get bombarded by organizations who are looking, are asking you. Um, so for me, I, I felt like I needed, again, to think of the things that I was really going to be passionate about, that I could research and think about which organizations are doing good things and impactful things. And as I determined those, then I could feel okay about saying no to, to organizations or opportunities that 
weren't in my wheelhouse, but say and really go deeper into the things that I feel like um, God was wiring me to care about. So I feel like that's a big step. And then I also think being in a community of givers. I have, I've really have found that I so enjoy talking to other women um, who are doing interesting things or getting involved in interesting things. So I think being with friends and with a community of generous people um, supports your generosity in a really positive way. And there's some really good, um, there's an organization called Women Doing Well, great organization that really brings women together and is, ge- is really building a pathway for women to be more generous. Time, talent, and treasure, by the way. It's not just focused on money. It's time, talent, and treasure. But I think you can't kid yourself. If you're holding your money with tight fist, then likelihood is it's time to at least delve into that a little bit because we can give, I think we need to give all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you're retired. So when you were planning for your retirement, how did you include the ability to still give and be generous? In generous. Or did you have to? Yeah, I... Um, there, there, and I think those of us who um, have been blessed financially, um, there are some really great tax efficient ways of, of giving. There's something called a donor advised fund. And this doesn't have to be, you know, a half a million dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's just a great way to accumulate a giving fund tax efficiently because you can take the tax write off when you donate to your fund without having to pick the organization you're going to give to. So I build up um, during my work time um, a giving fund that I now have, and it cut my taxes when I was working and earning more. Um, and it's one of, how we say, it's one of the few ways our government actually supports generosity, which I wish they would do more of. But um, it's, a, it's a great way to build a giving fund for when you um, are not earning as much and do it in a tax efficient way. Okay. Interesting. Never heard of that. Yeah. Well, I always love to give listeners kind of some takeaways that they can do. Um, so if you, if possible, can you give us three simple ways that anyone can practice joyful generosity, like no matter where they are financially? Yeah. Um, I think I'd start with, like I said, really thinking about what you care about. Like, is it um, like education, children? You know, like I said, I'm very, very passionate about uh, saving or working with women who have been trafficked. Something that touches your heart. Um, As you think about that, um, I think there are so many amazing organizations in your community that could use your time. Uh, could use your volunteer time. And again, I think we can get burnt out on that. But I think if you're doing it in an area that you really care about, then, you know, you don't suffer burnout. You meet others that are passionate. So I do think um, the volunteering of time as well as talent, because most of these organizations, if you're in marketing, they need social media help. If you're in um, finance, they probably need um, some um, uh, work or help with um, their accounting slash financial statement kind of work. There's always something, an organization that is in your passion area that needs you. And then I do think when it comes to treasure, there are, there are some fabulous giving funds, like um, 
uh, Impact 100 in our in our town. Uh, you all, you know, you give one thousand dollars. You join with a hundred women who are looking at uh, giving, and they come together once a year and find three organizations to give a large gift to. Um, again, and I think there's Impact 100 organizations all over the country. Um, so I think if you're in a forward um, group, a local group, you could create a small giving fund from that group and join together because I do think it's uh, more fun to do things together um, than it, there is to try to go out on your own. And, and I also wanna challenge us all to not worry about how much you're giving. In the nonprofits I've been involved in, many are being um, supported by people who give $100. Um, there's a lot of people who give $100 or give $250. And I, I, I think we um, sometimes get hung up that we need to be giving you know, at a level that makes us noticed. It's, to me, it was never been about being noticed. It's about my um, being able to look upward, go vertical, make sure my identity is vertical. And when I think about that, part of that is what I'm doing with my treasure. Mm. I mean, and, and forward largely operates based on donations and giving and support that way. And, you know, yes. I, I will, I will absolutely mirror what you said. I mean, hundred dollar donations, we are just as thankful for those as we are yes. for the life-changing gifts. I mean, we, we don't take lightly that people have chosen to, you know, put more than just, you know, maybe their heartfelt support, you know, they have actually right. financially decided that they want to support us as well. And, you know, that's something that, yeah, I mean, we, we treasure each and every one of those. So yeah, I mean, we, we right. don't sit there and go, oh, well, they only gave a hundred. They didn't give a thousand. So you right. know, they must not like us as much. No, I mean, we, we completely identify and are thankful for the fact that you know, God gave you those funds and, you know, you have chosen to steward them that way. So, yeah, I mean, I think yep. it goes back, it goes back to stewardship. You know, stewardship. I think that's a big yes. thing that everybody, you know, that I think that's, and especially for me, I mean, I'm, I'm uh -huh. speaking from a personal thing now, but I think stewardship is something that, that I'm still working on because <laughs> yeah, I think well, that's the big key. Big key. And I think yeah. uh, when I think of forward and I do donate to forward, why? because they've changed my life, right? They've brought me in a community of women in the marketplace that I didn't know existed. And I was the CFO of a company. And they've enabled me and challenged me to live more boldly. And I think one of the ways to live boldly is to live generously. If you want someone to be able to say, man, what's different about that person? It's that you know, full board generosity, time, talent, and treasure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I hate to wrap up, but we're going to wrap up. And, and what I love to do now is ask this question of everyone that comes on. Um, and it is this, if you could only say one thing to a woman in the workplace today, what would that be? I think for what I would say to women in the workplace is that um, it is important for us to live out our values, and that's our Christian values in the workplace. And I think many are like me, were not even aware that there were as many of us in the workplace. And I wish I had lived and um, acted a little more boldly in that front. And that does not mean evangelizing. That does not mean 
um, you know, um, uh, you know, putting anybody in our workplace on the hot seat. It's really just when someone says, wow, first of all, living in a way that someone will walk up to me and say, why, why do you treat people the way you do? Like, how are you so um, balanced? And how are you so calm when you're under stress? And how, why do you live so generously? Why do you care so much about people? That I could say, well, because um, I have my anchor in a place that never is going to move, and that's in Jesus. So I do think I would just say, live out our values. And one of those is generosity in all parts of our life generosity in our, um, um, our support for people, generosity with our financial situation, all the whole, uh, the whole gamut of generosity. Before you go, I wanted to let you know that the Forward Mentor Program, an entirely virtual 10-week program, is now open for signups for the upcoming fall session. Get paired with a hand-selected mentor who will walk alongside you as you navigate your professional, personal, and spiritual goals. Now more than ever, it's important for you to have clarity and direction on where you want to go, and a Forward Mentor is perfect for helping you find that. To sign up, just visit forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N dot org slash mentor program. The deadline to sign up is Friday, September 3rd. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation with Lisa. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash Lisa. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash L-I-S-A. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.